Thank you for joining us today on the Empowered 21 Leadership Podcast. I'm Ashley Wilson, the Assistant Director of Empowered 21, and I'm joined today by a great friend, Pastor Wayne Hilston from Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, Wayne, we're glad to have you today. I'm glad to be with you, Ashley. Wonderful. Well, we're going to talk today a little bit about uh, your ministry, uh, what God's been doing with you. I know uh, you, for years, pastored the largest uh, church in Israel, King of Kings Community. Uh, and recently, in the last few years, you've transitioned and now head up uh, Fellowship of Israel-related ministries. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up in Jerusalem? You're Canadian, is that right? I'm a Canadian, yeah. Well, my wife and I were pastoring in Toronto, downtown Toronto. We love that city and kind of imagined a whole lifetime of service there. My wife was involved in Christian television as well, and we were just happy. Had two kids and thought, well, let's just do our best to invest in the city. And then we went on vacation, stopped at a church north of Toronto on a Sunday morning. Uh, we actually went to church on our vacation. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, that Sunday morning, the pastor that was preaching saw us in the crowd and told his wife, invite them to our home for dinner. Okay. So very spontaneous. They didn't know we were going to be there that morning. We knew them, but we weren't close friends. So we went home for dinner, and over dinner, Jim Cantillon said, I just got back from Israel. I was doing some radio work in actually southern Lebanon at the Voice of Hope radio station, and he was looking at Israel from that perch and really felt impressed that the Lord wanted him to start a ministry in Israel. In his mind, it wasn't that he would move to Israel, but start a volunteer program for the kibbutz. Okay movement there and you bring, want to explain what the yeah kibbutz okay kibbutz is. is a communal uh farm in the original uh version of the of a kibbutz and you know the early settlers in israel mm -hmm. would would live in these communes really and a lot of them came from russia and they were kind of used to the communist system yeah. and, and whatever but there were they had allowed volunteers to come and work alongside the kibbutzniks as they were called and he went to jerusalem to tell some government officials about his idea, what do you think, how would I do this? And they said, well, you really can't run this from Canada. You'd have to live here to really make it successful. And they also said, and this was the shocking thing, is that if you're going to live in Jerusalem, then, hey, there's a lot of people like you, these Pentecostal, charismatic people, they'd probably love to have a church. You could start a church in Jerusalem. The government, the government said that to him. Yeah. Three government officials. Wow. Um, and so he's telling us the story, which actually sounded crazy yeah. and hard to believe. Even today, it sounds a little crazy it that does. the Israeli government it, it would does. say to Pentecostal people, come start a church. Yeah, but it's true. So anyway, in the middle of telling us the story, he suddenly said, well, we're going to go start a church. Would you and Anne come and help us start that church? And we had never been to Israel in our lives before. And when people would talk about going to Israel, we said, you know, We'd rather go to Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and, but there was a seed that was planted in our hearts that day. And Jim and Kathy moved to Israel. We took a spy out the land tour mm -hmm. to see if this was just craziness or God was speaking to us. So we went, met with them there. They had just gotten started. And we really felt that Lord did call us to do this. And he said, well, you guys move here as soon as it's time to start the church. And so we did. 
and started a little Bible study in downtown Jerusalem, and that became King of Kings Community. Wow. How long were you involved with King of Kings? I know you were pastor for a number of years. Is that right? Right. Well, I was there from the beginning, okay. and we co-pastored, Jim okay. and I, for five years. And then Jim and Kathy said, we feel God's calling us back to Canada. And so then we're the ones that stay. Yeah. And uh, so we built a team and kept the ministry going and it, it expanded. Yeah, wonderful. So yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like to pastor in Israel. I, I know from experience and having mm -hmm. been there a few times that there's quite a lot of different pressures uh, for a pastor in Israel than there would be in most other places in the world. Yeah, well, we started out as kind of an international church. In, in English, we would sing in Hebrew, but you know, I, I would preach in English. But Hebrew was very important to us, and so Anne and I really learned the language. And then I got involved in helping train leaders, and I began to teach in Hebrew in a Bible college setting wow. while I was pastoring this English-speaking congregation in the heart of Jerusalem. Um, pressures come from many quarters. So there is an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community that's very strong in Jerusalem. Back in those days, it was about 15% of the population. Today, it's 52%. Okay. The typical ultra-Orthodox family would have eight to 10 kids. So their birth and rate is way higher than the normal Very population. high. Yeah. And uh, so now there are, we're right across the street from the most ultra-Orthodox neighborhood in the world. And we bought a movie theater. And so they know where we are. And in fact, last week we had major protests. Okay. And we actually had riot police that came to try to disperse the crowd. And they were there for like five hours while we were worshiping wow. inside our auditorium. So the persecution that existed in the book of Acts still kind of exists today. And Well, in none of us form. have been stoned like yeah, Stephen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hesitate to use the word persecution because it's nothing compared yeah. to that. But there is opposition. Yeah. But interestingly enough, when we bought that movie theater and moved into that shopping center mm -hmm. where it's located, we prayed that the Lord would send us angels to guard us. Yeah. And the next week, the police moved into the building and took over three floors oh my goodness. of the office complex. What an immediate And so when, we, when we're in trouble, we just yeah. pick up the phone and they, they come down from uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth floor and, and help us out. So. Wow. Well, that's, that's awesome. So for how many years were you pastoring at King Kings? 27 years as senior pastor and then co-pastored for five years. And then four years ago, handed off the baton to a yeah. guy 21 years younger than me. Okay. And he's doing an awesome job. His name's Ch Chad Holland. And I'm still on the pastoral team. Right. I'm kind of a silent partner. When I'm asked for advice or counsel, I, yeah. I speak up. But it's gone really well with just me letting Chad lead. Well, that's wonderful. One of the things that uh, Empowered 21 is passionate about is empowering the next generation. So it's great to see how you've been able to do that in your own personal ministry. I know now that you've shifted away from full-time pastoral work. Uh, a few years ago, you started something called Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. That's right. The acronym is FIRM. And we, I've always had a heart for unity and synergy. Uh, finding ways to work more effectively together and to answer Jesus' prayer in John 17, that we would be one so the world would know that the Father sent Jesus into the world and that he loves the world. 
And so that's just been a passion of mine. And all these 36 years now in Israel, we've been doing our best to embrace other ministries. In fact, we have 14 congregations that meet in our facilities that we purchased in downtown Jerusalem. So that, so that firm is really a natural outgrowth of kind of this passion that we've sure. always had. And FIRM is now a, an association of over 50 Israel-based ministries of various kinds. There's congregations, there are pro-life uh, ministry, Bible co college, uh, publishing houses, humanitarian aid outreaches, mm -hmm. uh, disciple, discipleship ministries of various kinds. And so we're finding ways to work together in synergy. It's very exciting. Wow, that is exciting. Overall, kind of looking at the land of Israel, what do you see the Holy Spirit doing and how has that changed in the last 10 years? What's, what's happening in the last decade in Israel with the church? Yeah, well, what's exciting, I think, is the growth of the church. So, you know, when we got there in 83, there might have been 800, 900 Jewish believers in Jesus, maybe 2,000 Arab born-again believers in the land. Uh, today, there's over 20,000. Wow. And uh, that's Jewish believers. And then probably four or 5,000 Arab believers. And that's been very exciting. And, and, you know, there's a shift in society where I would say Israeli society, other than the ultra-Orthodox community, is, shall we say, more open-minded. Now, the problem with that is open-minded to everything. So open-minded yeah. to the new age, open-minded to the sex, sexual revolution, um, but also open to hear new ideas, even from Messianic Jewish believers. And actually, when the ultra-Orthodox come against the Jewish community, Jewish Messianic community, uh, often the, the secular Israelis actually come to our side. And when there's almost a riot, which we had last week, the police, you know, were guarding us, right. you know, against yeah. the onslaught of of the ultra-Orthodox. So that's a shift in society. I mean, when we were in the early years there, it felt like pariahs, you know, a threat to society. Uh, but we actually have great friends in the cultural community, municipal government, um, and various parts of the society. So it's far more acceptable for us to be who we are. Yeah, that's wonderful. So yeah. God's been moving. That's he great is. to hear. Yeah. So we have a lot of uh, young people listening to us, a lot of young leaders mm -hmm. uh, listening to this podcast. And uh, you've been in ministry for quite a long time. You're considered a father in the land. and really I a call father, myself an uncle. An uncle, an uncle. All right, an uncle in the <laughs> land, the younger uncle uh, in the land and, and around the world as well. And um, so what would you say to a, a younger person, uh, maybe who is... Uh, just starting out in ministry uh, and is trying to find their way a little bit. Uh, I know you, you took a leap of faith as a young pastor and went from Toronto to Jerusalem uh, as a missionary. Uh, what would you say to somebody who's kind of just beginning that journey? I would say be bold. Really get a handle on who you are. The whole issue of identity is, is huge in our society today. And really, I think I would say seek the Lord to really get a handle on, you know, what, what's my gifting? What's my passion? What, what's my calling? Get that settled as early as possible. I mean, I meet 40, 50, 60-year-old people who yeah. still haven't figured out who they are. Um, 
So I would just say really figure that out as, as, as early as you can. And I really do What do you think, think the best way to do that might be? To be honest, in my life, the, the transformation that I went through in my early 40s was getting away on a retreat, fasting, seeking God's face, really getting desperate with God. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was discouraged. I was at a low place and wondered if our ministry was coming to an end in Israel. We should go back to Canada or whatever. And I just got desperate. I said, Lord, I need a, I need a fresh download. I need, I need a new empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and he answered that prayer big time. And I often say I got either I got a download of, a, of the gift of faith or it was lying dormant and it, it emerged. Yeah. And it was out of that that I just started believing for the impossible. And one of the things that came out of that was faith that God could give us our own facilities. We were renting the YMCA for 20 years, which was fine. And I'm not about buildings. Even now we have amazing facilities. I'm not about buildings. But God spoke to us, and but we thought it would be impossible. The, the multi-millions of dollars, the opposition we would have, even from the community of building something like that, and then getting permits to, to build and zoning and all of that kind of stuff. And God did a miracle, and he's given us these amazing facilities, and we get to share them with a, the wider body. Yeah. You know, I sense that maybe somebody listening today is in that spot where... Um, they're desperate for the Lord to do something in their life and ministry. Um, to wrap us up today, would you take a minute and just pray uh, for somebody like that who might Absolutely. be listening? Yeah. Go ahead. So, Lord, we know that from before the foundation of the world, you already established those good works that we are to accomplish. And each of us is unique, as unique as a snowflake. We're and you've got a, a design and a purpose for each and every one of us, a custom design. And Lord, just as you really dealt with me in a very powerful way and, and turned my life around, even in the midst of ministry, Lord, I pray that for those that are listening today that might be at that same place I was, a place of discouragement, a place of questioning, who am I? Is my ministry over especially for that one listening today, Lord, I pray for just a powerful Holy Spirit injection. Amen. Of um, a download of the, a fresh download of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I think of uh, what, what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Lord, we are leaky vessels. We need to be constantly under that fresh flow of the living waters of your Holy Spirit, God. So I just pray for a new dimension of anointing and power and gifting to do the work that you've called us uniquely to do, each one. So Lord, may even this podcast today have some kind of impact on, on lives that are listening. And we pray for great fruit that will last and revival harvest salvation, that our lives will make a difference in this world as we serve you day by day, sowing seed, praying, 
watering and looking for the harvest that you will bring through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, um, Ashley. I'm excited that in a few months, we're going to be joining you in Israel for yes. Jerusalem 2020 with Empowered 21 and uh, looking forward to hanging out with you. It's going to be a great time. Thank you for uh, joining us today on the Empowered 21 Leadership Podcast. Uh, look for more uh, content at Empowered21.com or as always, follow us on social media at Empowered21. 